join me on my perch at the far end of the bar. Good evening, sir. Well, how are you? To the rat and thistle. It's it's good to see your ruddy cheeks. Well, I shall pull my trousers up. Ha <laughs> <laughs> I I like a little bit of Guncho repart to it. Oh, d- speaking of which, um, I've been a bit lost as to what to listen to on the radio on a morning. Okay. I'm not really feeling any of the... Uh, the music breakfast shows don't play my kind of music anymore. No. Um, the talk breakfast shows don't delve into things that I would be interested in. No, fair. With the bias that I'd be interested in them. <laughs> so They're I've been... They're ca- balanced. <laughs> well, uh, yes, far too much balance. Far too much balance. <laughs> far too much impartiality. <laughs> So I've been listening to some old comedy shows, old BBC comedy shows on okay. um, BBC Radio 4 Extra, which mm. is a fine station. One and God bless it, every now and then I get a check from uh, something they they repeat from mine. Oh, nice. Uh, my oeuvre, which is very nice, so keep them going. <laughs> How is keep your oeuvre? My oeuvre. This, these days. You, can get, an, you can get an ointment from that. You can get an ointment for your oeuvre. <laughs> <laughs> You, you certainly can, Stanley. Yeah, your oeuvre so- has been oozing all over Radio 4 Extra. <laughs> so, um, uh, I found Radio 4 Extra. Mm. And um, recently, around about uh, half eight, they've been on oh, even like, oh, I don't know what time it is. I, I'm not a slave to the schedule. They've been playing old goon shows. Uh. Right? I loved the old goon shows. Discovered the Goon Show, 1971. Um, the one before, the last one before that, I think, was in 1960-61. Mm. Really, there was a big old gap. Oh yeah, absolutely, because it ended, it had finished, mm. and the only reason why they came back in 71 was uh, one of these big BBC celebrations. Okay. So Milligan wrote this thing called the Last Goon Show of All, and 1971, I was what, uh, 14, 15. And um, I, I had this old Bakelite radio that my dad had mm. found. Which you pay good money for them these days. Well, yeah, in in in, and you had all these old stations that no, with, with fancy exotic names on them, and it was wonderful. You and you tune this great big dial, and you'd eventually uh, come up uh, against something weird. From Luxembourg or <laughs> a German radio station. Well, the clown like whistling away on one yeah, of the frequencies just, for no reason. No, it's just fantastic. <laughs> yeah. But I could get, I could, and on the, the little bar that said the home, BBC Home Service, mm. which was Radio 4. Um, BB, this is the BBC. The BBC Home Service was on my dial and I tuned it in because I'd read about this last goon show. 1971, as I say, mm. they come back to recreate the magic. Remind now for for listeners of a different generation: Milligan, um, Ben, Harry, ben, Harry Seacombe, Harry Seacombe, Peter Sellers, Peter Sellers, Michael Benteen had been there right at the very beginning, right um, when it was called "Those Crazy People, The Goons." Uh huh. Then he decided he wanted to go off and do something else. And the show kind of morphed into... It was more sketchy in those days. Mm. And then it morphed into this kind of narrative. The wonderful thing about The Goon Show was that Seacombe, Sellers and Milligan 
um, played characters who then played characters in stories. Right. Okay. So it was it was totally out there, never been done before. So anyway, I became a big fan in 1971, and I I, I sat there with my little uh, tape recorder and I taped the last goon show of all off Lovely. my Bakelite radio, and I had this old reel to reel tape recorder. Uh, and I taped it, and I wore that tape to death. I knew mm. every single line of that show. And I did all the voices, and I absolutely loved and adored it. Amazing. And then the BBC started after that to release comedy records from the archive. Somebody must have gone, well, actually, there might be a market in this, you know. Mm. And so you could buy a great big old-fashioned 12-inch vinyl record, and you'd get one goon show on one side, and one goon show on the other side. Yeah. Hey, that's two goon shows. <laughs> For the price of one. I've still got them. I've still got them all. All the Have ones you? that they released. They didn't release that many. Um, but I've still got them all. On vinyl? Uh, yeah. Yeah, on oh, vinyl. Right. So I stick it on my old um, um, my, my record player mm. that my kids bought me. Uh, because I had nothing to play my records on. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so I still have records, but nothing to play them on. That's, the, the, that's planning for you. Uh, anyway. Being a confirmed fan of the Goon Show, I discovered that they're 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 playing the Goon Show at breakfast time. They've been playing it for a while, but you know, at breakfast time it suits me perfect. So the other morning, I'm listening to a an old Goon Show from 1955. The great thing about the Goon Show was that not only did you have the crazy, inventive humour uh, and the funny voices, but you also had two musical moments in the show. Yeah. You had a Dutch harmonica player, brilliant guy called Max Geldre. Right. And you had a, a jazz band leader called Ray Ellington. Ray Ellington. Ray Ellington. Yeah. Whose son went on to become one of the main singers on Strictly Come Dancing. Oh. Yeah. Uh, but that's beside the point. The thing about Ray Ellington was that uh, he was a very kind of bluesy, jazzy singer. It's great. Uh, and the, the the show that I was listening to the other day, when it, it usually sang, you know, when it, Max Geldre, you get the instrumental with Ray Ellington, you got some instrumental, but you also got him singing. Great voice. Mm. The uh, performance he gave the other morning when I was listening was basically a bongo solo. A vocal bongo solo? No vocal. Just the bongo? Just, there was a lot of bongos in it. Wow. A tremendous amount of bongo playing. All the bongos. And he, he was a man who played his bongos. Uh, I mean, there was there was jazz, but there was also a lot of bongo playing. Mm. And I'm standing there with my cup of tea, having laughed myself silly at the <laughs> madness of it all. And I'm thinking, I'm listening to a goon show from 1955, to a man playing a bongo solo. And this is making more sense than the Today programme. <laughs> Clearer messaging from the bongos, no doubt. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, well, I no, got I every can, single, every that. single little beat of the thing. I got wonderful, mm. wonderful. So that's yeah. how I'm spending my breakfast now, listening to old comedy shows. With the goons, is it? So, is, are the goons on once a week, and then they have other comedy shows on other well, mornings? Or I'm I, I, not been as again. I've, I say this again. I'm not a slave to the schedule. Mm. Um, Who is but every morning days? that I've been listening to, they, there has been a goon show so yeah. far. 
So, you know, one of my uh, little um, treats that I like to have every so often, if I get a quiet Saturday afternoon, which doesn't happen very often, but when it does, I like to dig out my old medium wave radio mm-hmm. and tune it into Five Live uh. and enjoy um, the, uh, not this last Saturday, obviously, because uh, everyone you know, was old, on strike. Uh, Everyone was on strike and solidarity with the boy Gary. Yes, what I say good on him. Um, so anyway, but normally on a normal Saturday, uh, I love the build up from midday or whenever it is and the talk through the week's stories, the different sports they cover. They could cover a few more sports for my money, but that's a by the by. Um, and the build up to the big game, the reports around the grounds, going for the interview before the matches with the managers. And the lineups, who's playing for who, and and then the commentary of the game interspersed with reports and updates from all the other games. I just love all that on a Saturday, and it's only right. I can't be doing with it on digital; it's far too clean. And I, I like it when it's coming in and out of signal. You, there are bits when it's really quiet, and there are bits when it's really loud, and there are hisses and crackles. And that's how I like my Radio Five. Thank you very much indeed. But medium wave, it's so warm, isn't it? Yeah. It's like I mean, vinyl it's, versus CD, isn't it? Yes. And and there's a, a certain thickness to the sound. Mm. I don't want all that crystal clear sharpness of DAB. Mm. I want a thickness to the sound. Mm. It's a it's a lovely, reassuring uh, oral blanket, um, which incidentally you can also get, I understand, in Amsterdam. Indeed, so. yes. And, and strangely enough, Oral Blanket is the title of my new album. So, <laughs> Featuring lengthy bongo solos, no doubt. Yeah. <laughs> wouldn't that I'm, be great? I've be always great? fancied myself to... I should get a yeah, pair bongo of bongos player? or a, uh, some conga uh, drums, I think. Now, the conga drums are the bigger ones? Yeah, that's right. Yeah. I'm an expert finger tapper. Are you? Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, uh, I can do that for hours. Um, not allowed to really because it's really annoying for whoever you're with. But yeah, I just I've got I feel I've got the rhythm, Richard. I think I could be a, a, a bongo percussionist expert. I, There's I a like... chap, isn't there? He plays with all the big bands. <clears throat> I forget his name now. It might come to me eventually. But he's bald. He always wears um, round yeah uh, that's, sunglasses. Uh, that's, that's Ray. Um, plays with Elton John. Yeah, and uh, I saw him this last summer. Uh, absolutely fantastic! Yeah, one of the great percussionist of all time. And he's all about the performance as well, yeah. isn't he? Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah. got a bandaid on every finger. Yeah. Oh, just <laughs> magnificent! Um, I was, I was gonna, I was gonna say that uh, um, uh, that bongos were very, very popular in the forties and fifties. You listen to soundtracks, film soundtracks, especially American soundtracks. Anything with a kind of contemporary feel to it, always, because obviously a contemporary f- uh, film would have a contemporary soundtrack. Hmm. It had a very kind of jazzy, but bongos, lots of bongos. Hmm. You could feel the heat coming off the street in black and white, and there would be the bongos. Yeah. Magnificent stuff. I love those. In fact, um, there's a wonderful film about um, one of the world's worst filmmakers, who was also one of the world's best worst filmmakers, Edward D. Wood Jr. Mm-hmm. I think we've spoken about him before, have we? Edward D. Wood Jr. Yes, the man who made Plan 9 from Outer Space. I think we have mentioned him before, yeah, that rings a bell. Yeah, it's a great... If you get the chance, if you've got um, Disney+, Plus, Edward D. Wood Jr., 
The film is called Ed Wood. Okay. It's got lots of bongos in it, and it feels like something from the late 40s, early 50s, and it's, it's brilliant. I mean, it mm. takes you through... Uh, I'm going to use the word again. Ed Wood's oeuvre. <laughs> We've had a lot of Irving going on tonight. <laughs> uh, he, he, like I say, he, I mean, he worked um, delivering props and plants and things to sets in Hollywood, uh, but he wanted to become a, a filmmaker. Uh, he was also a cross-dresser. He mm. made a film called Glen or Glenda, okay, uh, which is one of the um, great. Uh, cross-dressing films of all time. Mm -hmm. uh, he tried to explain um, the passion behind cross-dressing. Um, uh, when when he went to pitch, it, there were there were a lot of very small independents making um, four reelers, very short films, um, and they they wouldn't play with the big films at all. But they played in seedy uh, uh, film houses. And they all had they all had the promise of sex, mm. and none of them actually ever delivered because the poster was much more sexual than the film ever was. Yeah, often and, the way, isn't it? <laughs> well, it certainly was then. Mm. Um, you can get just about anything now. I understand. <laughs> <laughs> so I understand. I, I I wouldn't know myself. No personal experience. Um, but he, when he went to pitch this. Uh, he 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 pitched the because originally they were looking for somebody to direct the first um, sex uh, a film about the first sex change uh, a man called Jorgensen right um, and Jorgensen's story was going to be told on film and Ed went along to pitch that he should be the director and eventually the guy said well what makes you especially he said well I like to dress in women's clothing. Hmm. You're fruit? No, I like women. <laughs> then what's that all about? Well, I just, you know, my mother dressed me, once she wanted a girl, I dressed me in women's clothing, and I, I've liked it ever since. Um, I was in the army, and, and I'm probably the only person who parachuted into Europe wearing full women's underwear. Ooh. I wasn't frightened about being killed by the Germans, terrified about being wounded. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but Edward as a film, marvellous film, and lots of bongos. Uh, yeah. If you're wearing... Uh, was it when he wore the, um, the, the ladies' underwear uh, as a parachutist... Yeah. He had a dress on as well? No, 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 no. This was under his uniform. Oh, I see, right. Yes. If you do wear a dress and you're a parachutist, does it add... Two, two to parachutes. The, yeah. <laughs> slow you down even further. What like an emergency backup shoot. <laughs> well, you and I would know the story of the lady who jumped off the Clifton Suspension Bridge in Bristol in her crinoline and was saved by the fact that her crinoline, uh, the, the, the air filled her crinoline mm. and she floated gently down until she hit the mud <laughs> at the bottom. But she survived. But uh, that's, well, that's true. She didn't think she was going to survive. I, no, she. No. Uh, the, the intention so she was probably was disappointed. Not to was she? Yeah, it's, oh, okay. there was something. Um, bongos in uh, still popular today. I think I'm just thinking of two of my favourite songs of all time, which heavily feature a bongo in the introduction. Like they have a nice long drum beat um, that builds up. So George Michael, um, Freedom '90. 
All that's right. got a yeah. beautiful little bongo um, yeah. as the kind of club uh, drum beat builds up. And then the other one would be um, Primal Scream and a song called Loaded, which is an absolute belter. And that's got another, it's another one with a classic kind of club beat to it with a with the bongos in there as well. So, yeah, even now, I reckon you could listen to, you know, some uh, modern day drill music and uh, you'd probably be experiencing some bongo heaven on there as well. Drill They'll never bongo. go out of fashion. Yeah. I don't, I don't think because they, they've got that unique sound and they kind of bring the party, don't they? They do. It's, it's the, it's, it's that, um, promise of it's a it's a promise of africa where the drum comes from mm. it's that promise of something exotic bongos yeah. lovely yeah. well who'd have thought we would have been talking about bongos tonight for 17 minutes that's <laughs> good going well done us. Oh, for those people who are still with us <laughs> well done listen we we had the oscars uh the other night did you watch no, I didn't watch. I, I kept abreast loosely. Yeah. Now, the, what, what, the following on. morning or as it was going on? No, the following morning. I'm a working man. I have yeah. to be up early to accept the uh, the delivery from the dray. Yes. Uh, so, yes. Uh, yeah, I can't yeah. be watching the Oscars, I'm afraid. But I did notice, I saw one clip. Um, what was his name who hosted it this year? Jimmy Kimmel, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Um, I saw one clip of him at the end, and uh, there was a board that said... Um, uh, incident free Oscars and he just clicked it over and it just said one. <laughs> <laughs> so that good, was quite good funny, Simpsons but... joke there, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but no, um, good stuff. Uh, good selection of awards. Uh, yeah, there's a bit of a tra tra tradition in our house that um, I've been recording the Oscars going all the way back to VHS tape time mm. uh, when it was when it was on, um, and uh, I record it and then I don't listen to the news. At right. all, don't look at the phone, don't go anywhere near anything that's going to tell me who won what mm -hmm. uh, until we've got a window where we can sit down. And my daughter has joined me as well now Okay, that's uh, nice. in this tradition. We sit down and we watch the whole thing. There are moments when we skip through. Mm -hmm. Shouldn't do, but there are moments when we skip through. What, for what? what well, you know, there? sometimes, sometimes when it's animated shorts or, you know, Okay. And I should I should listen to it all, but I, I don't. Well, it's four hours long. Yeah, you, I mean, you know. you know, life's too short, isn't it? Yeah, it is. But um, there's there's usually some good. Well, there have been some good gouge. Uh, Billy Crystal, particularly good host. Steve Martin mm -hmm. was a good host. You know, David Letterman was a good host. Not sure about Chris Rock, but mm -hmm. there we go. We won't, you know, go there. Uh, and Jimmy Kimmel, who is a big favourite of um, late night talk shows in America. Yeah, uh, I like Kimmel. I, mm. I really enjoy. I like him. He's, he's yeah. got a good dry sense of humour. Um, lots of shots from the red carpet. Lots of shots from behind the scenes. Old uh, Hugh Grant uh, didn't he make a bit of a tit of himself? No, on the, uh, no, on the red carpet, no, he... not one bit of it. I he will didn't. not have that. No. no. Okay, what happened? No, this <laughs> uh, a stupid person. Right. Okay. Let's say person, shall we? Yeah. A stupid person ha asked him a set of completely inane, stupid questions. Wait, well, yeah, but it's the red carpet. You're not there to give him no, like, they a were thrilling of the lifetime, are you? Stupid. How excited was he to be in the glass onion? He said, well, I was only in it for three seconds. Yeah, he wasn't in it long, was he? No, he wasn't. 
No. Uh, but they were all about that kind of level. And, I, you know, he, was, he, he wasn't he was rude. He was kind of a little bit, well, but, 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 ask me something interesting. Okay. <laughs> but anyone who knows Hugh Grant knows that that's, that's him. That's him. I, I've got deep respect for that man. I think oh, he's absolutely, a yeah. Tremendous actor. And recently he, he's been doing terrific stuff. The in, um, the interviewer made um, uh, a tit of themselves then. Oh yes, case. I think much more so than. I liked his gag about um, uh, the, with Andy McDowell, wasn't it? And she was an example of someone who'd used moisturizer every day of her life, and uh, he wasn't, and so hence he. She looked like that, and he looked like a a scrotum. There you go. <laughs> Very good. And got a good laugh in the, on the night, yeah, didn't it? Good. Very good. So uh, anyway. everything, everywhere, all at once—the big winner, wasn't it? Yeah. Have you seen it? Yes, we uh, yes we watched it uh, a couple of weeks ago. Any good? Wow. Oh really? Wow. Oh, I must have put it on the wow. list. Wow. And I can I'll keep saying wow because it's uh well what the hell is when hey whoa hang on what oh it's like that okay um it's brilliant. And it all comes together in the end. Now, <laughs> unlike this podcast, <laughs> for some people, um, they're they're happy with the wow, and they'll just keep going. And but it, if you go into it thinking, trying to make any sense of it, oh, don't do that. No, that that okay. would be just enjoy each section as it happens, because mm. it's not there for long, and then it moves on to the next thing. I'm not sure. That, that sounds like the sort of film I don't think I'd have the patience for. No, I don't. I don't know because you you've got the patience of a mayfly. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's fairly insulting to mayflies. Uh, well, <laughs> <laughs> but but a tremendous. I'll give effort. it a go. A tremendous I'll give it effort. A go. Yeah, uh, by all and sundry. I mean, we were sat there going, "How the hell do you write this? Mm. How the, it took them years." Absolutely, years, and I can understand why. And, and yeah. then our question was, how the hell do you sell it? Mm. But you know, very good. So anyway, all this stuff going on uh, on stage, all the the photographs and everything going on backstage, and then uh, we see things in the papers and the magazines. I saw a thing today, um, uh, which cropped up um, two or three papers, carried a picture of Morgan Freeman, only wearing one glove. Uh. Now, a great deal of speculation, as you could imagine, in the um, popular press as to why it was that Morgan Freeman would only be wearing one glove. Mm -hmm. I don't think they came to any kind of um, reason that would be worth broadcasting. Well, I'm it's thinking... just speculation of rubbish. Yeah, all we can do is join in. Uh, Michael Jackson used to wear one glove, didn't he? Yeah, and then you think of the, um, the Black Power activists. Yes. Right, and... Um... OJ. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can't imagine he'd be referencing that or Michael Jackson, really. No, I don't think so. Not the... one little bit. But no, no. he might have lost the other glove. Who knows? Yeah. But it he... did remind me of a chap, a, 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 a fop and a dandy, who used to um, live in our village growing up. And you'd see him. Uh, he was a middle-aged man, unattached. He'd wear a tweed suit, a mustard waistcoat, a little bow tie. He wore co-respondent shoes. You know the ones, the black and white ones? Co-respondent shoes. Co-respondent shoes. They're like black and white. It looks like you're wearing spats. Okay. Um, co-respondent shoes. What's the difference between them and spats? Well, spats go over the top of the shoe and the co-respondent, the whole thing. If you can imagine a brogue 
and part of the brogue is black and the other part is cream or white. Right. That's a correspondent shoe. Okay. Right. Um, and as I say, uh, the, the, this was unusual uh, for our village, really, because mm. they were, you know, farmers and layabouts and people, oiks like me. Oiks. And, and, he, and he strutted around uh, resplendent in his garb. Good on him. And uh, his name was Alec. And my, and my gran used to tell a wonderful story about him. She said, um, one day he was coming towards me and he looked me in the eye. I said, hello, Alec. And I noticed that he was only wearing one glove. Mm. I said, Alec, you're only wearing one glove. He's, uh, he said, well, he said, see, the thing is, I wear a gold pinky ring. Mm. And I don't like to expose it to the cold night air. Okay. And that is why Alec only wore one glove. <laughs> you don't want to ever expose your pinky ring to the cold night air. You That's don't. Fair. You that don't. Do you know what I think? I think we should have more fops and dandies about the place. Don't. Oh. Every now There's and not then. not enough of them. Every now and then you will see someone dressed in an extraordinary. There was a chap at the traffic lights in Bath couple of weeks ago mm. in a suit of many colours um, a fingertip length jacket voluminous pants purple shoes he had a yellow trilby on ah man oh man oh man like I say he was standing by a traffic light and I don't know which one was the more colourful <laughs> but he he had not only was he wearing something extraordinary he had the guts to wear it as well mm. Yeah, because we get too conservative like about, about what we wear, don't we? I think so. And when I'm not um, running the rat and thistle here, I I work in a big old office, and it strikes me actually thinking about it, I can't think of any fops or dandies wandering about the place there. And there must be, I don't know, a good mm, few thousand people work there overall. Um, but and you see, the um, the dress code is not what it used to be. So you see people literally turning up in shorts with a hole in them and a baggy old T-shirt. Yeah. Uh, and that's like at one end of the scale, right the way up to um, women wearing the most beautiful outfits and men turning up in, you know, uh, tailor-cut suits. But, yeah, there's not enough outrageous shirts and, um, and hankies in the blazer pockets and winkle pickers. Oh. And 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 spats or or communal shoes. shoes. Is that what you called them? I've forgotten. <laughs> <laughs> there should be yes. more. Maybe I should start. Yeah, I we've just start we've just gone for dress down, and, and you know we've been we've been led down this this avenue where people uh, have convinced us that a pair of trainers, a pair of jeans, and a white t-shirt is just enough. Yeah, mm. that's all you need, and a fleece, possibly. I like to go for what I what I uh, would refer to as smart casual. Ah, very nice. And, uh, when I'm in the office. Well, I've worn a, twi- a tie twice in the last six weeks, mm. and it's very unusual that yeah. I put on a. It's very unusual that I ever tuck a shirt in these days. Well, I mean, it's very uh, unusual. I have trousers I do up. <laughs> <laughs> I just pull them up. <laughs> just oh, I see. Maybe, uh, they stay up on their own. The string every so often. <laughs> yeah. oh, very good. But yeah. but but I think you have to be courageous in a day when we dress down 
to dress like a fop and a dandy. Mm. Well, if you are, if you have the urge, inclination, uh, an urge, and the inclination, you you have an oeuvre, uh, and you want to be a fop and a dandy, then reach out. We will support you. Yes, we will. Back you. Yes, one hundred percent. Yeah. Send us pictures. Please do. Uh, Hold on, they work so well on the podcast. (laughs) In fact, we're just we're just enjoy them. I'll tell you what I will do. I will pay you good money if you turn up here one week in uh, your finest fop stroke dandy outfit and you leave here to nip down to the chippy to pick up your battered sausage and chips for the uh, for the good Mrs. Lewis. And uh, yeah, I'd like to see I, that. I will. One day, one day. I'm not promising, but one day. The last time I... I, I I challenged someone to do such a thing when we were doing a radio show. I can't remember what it was. I said something like, uh, oh, it's David's Day next week. Uh, I'd like to see you dressed as a daffodil. He actually Mm. turned up dressed as a daffodil. Did he? And just two days ago, I saw him repost the photograph that he took when he was dressed as a daffodil. Mm. And beautiful it was. He'd spent money on that costume. Really? Fool. Name and fame, please. (laughs) Who was this? His name was Dan. And he was a flower. Good on him. Good on you, Dan. You did more than I would have done. He did. If, if you'd have told me to come dressed as a daffodil next week, I'd have told you, well, it would have ended with off. There, there were so many times I told you to come dressed as a daffodil then. <laughs> and on that note, i got to go and get the chips. I'm going to go and water myself. I, uh, I, well, okay. Here you go. <laughs> <laughs> the self-watering daffodil that he is. These, this pair of wallflowers are now off. Until the next time. Reservoir. I'm off. Cheerio. 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 That's time at the far end of the bar. You've been listening to Richard Lewis and Ben Orr. Find the fellas on all the socials. Just search hashtag TFEOTB or send them an email. It's thefarendofthebar at gmail.com. Most importantly, spread the word. Tell your friends and enemies, colleagues and family about this amazing podcast you've been listening to. We'll love you forever. Forever.